0: Hello, and welcome to episode 72 of Choose Film, a real retrospective podcast. I'm Nicola.
1: And I'm Gary. And I'm Rebecca.
0: As our listeners can probably tell, I am not the usual voice for this, and there is a very good reason for that. Rebecca, do you want to let everybody know (laughs) what's going on? This
1: is all smooth
0: sailing, guys, smooth sailing. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, well, as you all know, um, I released um, a small episode, a statement, if you will, Um, just um, explaining the sad news that unfortunately... I'm leaving the podcast. It's very, very sad. Um, I've absolutely loved being a part of it. Um, it's just very difficult as we get busier and busier, it's just hard to fit all of these things in. Um, but I am very excited to see how it's all going to evolve. We've got the lovely Nicola who was on previously and our magic theme, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah, it was the mummy. Yeah, the we, mummy. We so you're about. all in safe hands um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how how it evolves. Um, how you feel, Gary?
2: Sorry, sorry to put in this real emotional moment, but can anyone else hear a whining? Because if so, it's a dog outside the studio room crying because it can't get in so i apologize actually it's crying because rebecca's leaving that's what it is
1: <laughs> that's what it is i thought you were gonna smooth. say like whining i currently have a fly flying about this room <laughs> and i was fact, like God a God whine from fine. a fly like that's so weird um
0: yeah oh, man. all the
1: animals all the wildlife is just
0: freaking out at this news so, <laughs> as everybody can tell this is a so smooth sailing we are doing well a great start a good chaotic energy <laughs> to know. begin us with
2: But how am I feeling? Um, I'm really sad. I'm now starting to think that I am the problem. You know, that's actually (laughs) left me. (laughs) And then Rebecca. (laughs) Hopefully that's it.
0: You never know. You might get third time lucky. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Which of your
1: three wives are you favouring the most? I suppose Nicola, because she's your current.
2: Karen, obviously, because she
1: might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a proposal to me, karen Oh, I. Yeah. I've got to
0: cut that bit out. <laughs> Speaking of things changing up around here, uh, that is what our next theme is going to be. So, nice yeah, segue. On. Nice
1: segue. Nice segue. Know See, She knows what she's doing. This. You know. That's what she's doing. So
0: yes. Uh, new theme for the season is change and the lovely Rebecca has decided that kicking us off with Boyhood. Yeah. A good film for it so do you want to tell us a wee bit about Boyhood and and why you picked it Rebecca?
1: Why I picked it? Yeah I wasn't too sure what to pick. Um, I was gonna go Toy Story 3 again like very nostalgic and like lots of change in that and I mean it's our kind of generation isn't it that had when that came out and everything so when the third one came out you were kind of like I I get what's happening here (laughs) it's totally hitting home but then my partner suggested this film just because it's so unusual and so different and I'd never seen the film before and it was always one that I wanted to watch but again just kept putting it off this is like the another beautiful thing about the podcast is that there's so many films that people pick that you're like, okay, now I have to watch that, because you always have it on your favourite list, I mean, we're all guilty of it we're like, I'm going to watch that at some point, but when is the some point, and no better reason than someone picking it to review and discuss so, it wasn't a film I had seen before either, so this was my first watch, so I don't, I've never really had that before I think, like, when it was my episode, gosh, it was Brave I, I selected, and I had seen it a few times, so I kind of took a bit of a a gamble, if you will, but it paid off.
0: Yeah, definitely. I don't think you could find a film probably that explains change any better than this does. Um, Yeah. The whole thing is really about it, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Even when we had our bonus, Gary, we, we spoke about different films that could have possibly tied in. And again, I was jumping to things that had like, different kind of change like a physical change so like i think i suggested devil wears prada where she has like obviously a big montage the famous montage um of changing into different things i think i said like transformers i guess could be associated with change because the different figurations but you don't really think about like life and the changes that you're going through in that and but yeah really good film some things i was like i can relate to that what did you guys think had you seen it before
0: I'd never seen it or heard of it before. Really? Like, like, no, never. I'd never heard about people talking about it or anything. I don't know if that's just me living under a rock. And Gary's now shitting himself because he's picked someone that knows nothing about <laughs> no, no. films. <laughs> because <But>, um, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. The first the first looking at it, I'm like, "Geez, this is a proper saga, nearly three hours." But yeah, what what a journey you go through in three hours, and it is yeah. like, I mean, twelve years to make it. And you, it is literally just the epitome of change, isn't it? It's really... I really enjoyed it. I really Yeah. Did.
1: So. Absolutely. I think I got, like, halfway through it. And at that point in the film, like, I'm sure everyone that's listening to the episode will have seen it. So at that point when we're getting to, you know, um, her marriage to Bill with the kids and things, you're kind of like, okay, this must be coming to an end. And then I paused it, and I was like, I still have an hour and a half to go. <laughs> like, gosh. it's just a time, and I was like, it's going to be a long film, but of mm-hmm. course it is because of the concept and everything behind it. But it didn't... I enjoyed every bit of it. There wasn't any of it that was like, this is Dragon, mm-hmm. I'm bored. Everything felt right in it, and it felt like a really sort of easy along the ride watch. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: Like you say, there's not really any
2: bit of it that flatlines. Um,
0: yeah. What
1: about you, Gary?
2: Yeah. I you have to it? completely disagree. <gasps> I, I Getting a tire
1: slash, so
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> I appreciate this film for what it's achieved um over that amount of years. But story wise, I was bored. I was so this bored me more than Kiara Reeves and Dracula.
1: Shut up! And this is why I'm leaving. Okay, (laughs) (laughs)
0: he's just being grumpy, Gary, as per uh, usual.
2: (laughs) I felt like I I get what I kind of get what it was trying to do. It was trying to be a story about like life, but it was as if it almost took all the banal points of life. there was not there was not much excitement in this film, and. I don't know, going back to my media days of studying film and things like that, the two purposes of, like, a theatrical film is to turn a profit and to entertain. And I just felt like this film was missing some sort of means of excitement or adventure. I think it knew what it was doing. So, for instance, every time we were going to get to something exciting, it cut to, like, years later or a year later. So just to give an example of that at the start, like when they're moving away from Houston to stay with the grandmother Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you
2: have his best friend like chasing after him and in any other film it would show him like crying from the backseat of the car while the wave but this just cuts (laughs) like on that. It's almost like deliberate. It's like, no, we're sticking with like, you know, films are supposed to be relatable but this was like relating to the everyday like normality of life and I don't know. We
0: can hmm. fight about that in a second. Yeah, I, I but it's a,
2: yeah. Podcast, so it's a positive podcast, so I'll, yes, I'll find my my, yeah.
1: Do you not think, though, that there's like beauty in art and this sort of like way of displaying the reality?
2: Yeah, but then it just makes me think of what was the point. Like It was to look at the small moments in life, but these small moments that this film looks at and discusses and that is... If I really wanted to see that, I could like just look at my own life. <laughs> You know, like and be entertained by that because with with most films we're supposed to be able to relate to characters, but then those characters are put into unrelatable circumstances, and that's what makes a film exciting. So, like, I'm just going to use a random example, but the whole idea of like Die Hard is it's supposed to be the everyday everyman cop who's put in extraordinary circumstances, whereas this film's about the everyday boy or adult or whoever. In their everyday life, you know, but that's just my point. I'll go into a wee bit more about it, but um, <laughs> the yeah, face so, is getting
1: pulled Thanks, out. Thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for sharing, Gary. Anyway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it'd be nicer, it's our last episode. <laughs> yeah, I'll,
2: I'll give it a seven out of ten.
0: That's so strong,
2: it's still strong. It, what mm. I think for what it achieved over those years and stuff like that, but it's, it's mostly just the story. I think all the performances are great. Um, I think. Like, the whole filmmaker of it is great. It's just, I don't know if the story was a bit... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's the synopsis about in this? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up.
1: Um, I think I was given a a nine. Wow. Like, nearly gave it, it a ten, but I'm kind of like, I'd rather discuss, like, there's a few things that I'm like, hmm, I don't know. But, yeah. I'm going. I'm hitting strong with a nine.
0: I'm kind of in between you both. I'm swithering between like seven and eight. It's probably leaning more towards eight. So, because I do, I do think what it achieved was incredible. Like if you look at it at face value, a a film that's able to actually just capture all the same actors and characters throughout a twelve-year period, shoot it beautifully, have a really relatable and real story and also some real talent on the screen that you really enjoy watching like yeah i think i'm gonna stick at my eight
2: before nicola gives the descriptive synopsis <laughs> one of the first synopsises on imdb is the life of mason from early childhood to I college saw that. to college and that literally like that's what i mean by it it doesn't say anything happens in it, you know. That's what I mean with the film. I think, in a way, that log line or that synopsis perfectly sums it up in one sentence. But at the same time, it's because how do you describe this film other than what Nicola's about to do? But just
0: you wait, just yeah. you wait, yeah. Just you sit back,
1: <laughs> listen. Okay. I will give you Never my had to the synopsis. synopsis before Gary, nah. Nah. let the gal take
0: over, and <laughs> yeah, no, just you, just you wait, pal. You sit in your seat and listen, okay. <laughs> No, nah, so a wee synopsis that I've got is Boyhood is a groundbreaking story of growing up as seen through the eyes of a child named Mason, a breakthrough performance by Ellarca Train who literally grows up on screen before our eyes, starring Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette as Mason's parents and newcomer Lorelai Linklater, I hate that last name, <laughs> <laughs> as his sister Samantha. Boyhood charts the rocky terrain of childhood like no other film has before snapshots of adolescence and road trips family dinners to birthday parties and graduations and all the moments in between become transit that word transcendent sets a soundtrack spanning the years from Coldplay's yellow to arcade fires deep blue boyhood is both a nostalgic time capsule of the recent past and an ode to growing up and parenting hey stop put the barrier Big man,
2: I just want to fight with everyone else. You guys ready to have some fun? Yeah! 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 All right, don't worry about it. Looks like you can use the bumpers. You don't want the bumpers. Life doesn't give you bumpers.
0: We have a new student joining us today. Hey, dude. Welcome to The Suck. Mom. Have you been
2: drinking?
0: A little bit.
2: Oh. Mm. Who do you want to be, Mason? What do you want to do?
0: Shall we? Shall we speak positively shall about we dissect? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dissect. Get right on into it. Who would like to give their first positive point? I'll go first. You do it, so guys, I'm going to for it.
1: So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we spoke about the um, concept. So, no, Gary, obviously you feel quite strongly about, like, what is it? Like, there's nothing really much happening about it. But for me, like, I just, I, I love how simplistic and easy it is and how a capture of, like, reality and real life is. Like, for me, as many others will be, I am a, a child of, from a divorced home as well so there were things in this film that I was like, yep, I totally get this I feel this, I feel these emotions and stuff. At that age and at that time when my parents were sort of going through their separation, it was quite a lonely time as well and <clears throat> came from quite a small village and then into a bigger town and familiarising, and finding your roots there and going through this separation and things. And it was a bit like, who did I turn to? Where do I go? Like, who are all these friends? But how close am I with these people to confide in and talk about how I feel and what I'm observing throughout this whole process? And I feel like the film's important in that respect to kind of show and indicate how shitty it can all be and how terrible it can be. Like, I think quite a lot of films are quite like, oh, um, like, your stereotypical separation, whereas this felt more truthful. And I don't want to use the words love letter. That sounds a bit weird, given it's a divorce. But it kind of felt like a love letter to all these kids that have been there and witnessed their parents separating and things. Um, And I liked seeing the rawness between, you know, the mum and the dads, <laughs> the, the dads, <laughs> as we go through three. um, that awkwardness, and how all three of them are just assholes in different ways, <laughs> um, and how a struggle it is, like, as parents have separated, and, you know, how you're trying to find your way with that, and... You know, I've been there where I've had conversations with my dad over, like, what we're going to talk about because it's a bit weird because you're not home and you know with mum and things like that. So I, I don't know. I just felt like it was just so simple, so clear, and um, and then the commitment to it as well to film over such a long period of time as well. Like, I can imagine being an actor you will have felt like that would have been like a family, a second family for you and kind of going through all of that um, and then going home to your other family where you're like, are you guys going to stay together? <laughs> are you guys going to work? I just thought it was brilliant. I just loved how simple it was. We didn't need, like in my opinion, we didn't need, I didn't need to see like the big positive news and reality. Like, of course his pal would disappear behind like the corn or whatever it was. It's corn. um Disappeared behind <laughs> that when he's waving goodbye. Of course we wouldn't see him again and of course it would be quite a swift exit on both occasions and things like that. I don't know, I just thought that it didn't bother me not seeing the good things, which I know is ironic because we're talking about the film positively. But I just enjoyed how raw it was and how simple it was and how like a lot of people kind of go through this.
0: No, I, I agree with you. I think like... I think as people like in this industry, we can look at it quite critically and also subjectively. But see, like an everyday audience, someone like you're saying, Rebecca, somebody that's maybe going through that or through something similar that kind of seeks that confirmation in in, in films or seeks that visibility in films, it it must mean so much, and like the the whole concept and the storytelling aspect of it so truthful and raw, like you say and. I think that's quite nice. Sometimes, you know, when when you can when you you can have that. It doesn't always have to be like fantastical or kind of otherworldly. Yeah.
1: That is what like we do at the end of the day. You know, we're we're telling stories, and mm-hmm. you know, when they cut and whatever style it's, it's done it, in, it's it is telling the story of you know someone. A young boy that's going through his life and is experiencing a lot of a lot of crap and some goods and a lot of crap and some goods and things like mm-hmm. that. I don't think that that it's um, what's the word indulgent. I don't feel like it's indulgent either. I feel like there could have been avenue to, to become indulgent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some like really nice artistic choices in it as well, uh, with like some symbolism. Um, like the birds in the back garden and things like that. But I think it had scope to go to sort of indulgent and melodramatic and oh my God, the world is ending. But it, it doesn't, it just kind of goes, that's what you're having. <laughs> so eat it up and that's
2: it. I quite like the fact that it does, like I said about the, the uh, like his best friend and how it cuts off there. And yeah, I, I do like things like that where. You, you want to find out a wee bit more. and It's like, no, that's life and we're moving on. Yeah. And so like with the abusive stepfather, when she leaves with her two kids and we never see his two children again. Yeah. And there's always that we yeah. hope that maybe they're going to bump into each other, but obviously that's that's not life. You know, you, you mm-hmm. kind of do meet people in your life and then you don't see them again. I think it's quite interesting though, Rebecca, that you says how it shows the free dads as arseholes. Because I think, what is interesting is when we're first introduced to Ethan Hawke's character as the the real true dad, you're kind of hesitant at first around him. Especially mm-hmm. on like a first time watch. So she first says, Oh, he's in Alaska and you're like, Is that like a way of saying that you know he's, he's dead he's, <laughs> yeah. he's scum? Like you're never gonna see him, he's in Alaska but mm-hmm. then it turns out that he is in Alaska and then when he drives up, he's got the cool car mm-hmm. and he's like or he's an Aren't children that like gifts? Are you obviously he's got them gifts and you're like, Oh, he's going to be one of these parents who just shows up, and gives yeah, gifts.
1: flashy, so you're, you're
2: hesitant. But then, as the film goes on, you know, he's not like that. He's he actually does, he is there for his kids when he is like every every second weekend, or you know, their mum gets up and keeps moving them about. And he's like, Don't worry about that, wherever you are, it might be an extra hour drive, but I'll, I'll be there for you. And when he is in the company, he's not like waiting to get rid of them you know there's that lovely scene where it's obviously clearly one of his girlfriends comes over and tries to introduce herself and he's dead nice to her but he's like no this is me very
1: swift yeah but i think
2: i don't think that's because he's embarrassed of her or i think he's like no i'm here to spend time with my kids i'll catch up with you in our time but even when he's with the kids like this kind of goes into one of my points i'll just make it my first point but like he's always got like these life lessons and the first life lesson you think he's been a bit of an arsehole where he won't let Mason use the bumpers in the bowling and he's like mm-hmm. life doesn't give you bumpers like you just need to get better at life that's like one of the life lessons then there's mm-hmm. like lessons about politics and he kind of breaks the law where he like steals the seeds out of <laughs> the garden but it's like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah kind of steals the law steals uh, the law <laughs>
2: <laughs> breaks the law and steals the, the law yeah <laughs> um Steve. So things like that. So I think it's the other two dads. It's like you've got the the stepfather who's the professor, and he is the abusive, oh, drunk yeah. dad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And by this point, you're kind of rooting a wee bit for Ethan Hawke as like a dad. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the army dad who's fought for his country, and even then, Ethan Hawke's character when he when he meets them, you know, when he's picking up the kids and they're building the house he like shakes his hand and he's like the house is looking great so there's this it's not like I'm the better dad than you there's like respect for each other but then the military man he's like you know he's studying to become a professor he's clearly graduated but he's not managed to become like a professor or a psychologist so he's went back to working for the prison but yeah, that's turned up to drink, but it's not quite as bad as the the first dad. We don't get to see it go that far, yeah. And now that might yeah. be this is what is kind of great. We don't know if that's because did it become that bad and she left, or she seen the early stages and left, or we don't quite know what happened there, you know. But yeah. I think by the end of it, you know, there's this great character arc with Ethan Hawke's character. He's my favourite character in it. He really mm-hmm. was because he starts off as this cool, you're unsure, hesitant of him, dad. Then by the end, he's settled down. And he actually says that maybe it could have worked with me and mum, if she just gave me more time to to find out who I am, you know. Like, and he doesn't disrespect her for that or not. He's basically went like, "I am that man. It's settled down. I just need a little longer to to work that out." Um, mm-hmm. So, and I think just I, I had a point on basically all the kind of parental figures in this, but I think it is interesting that you know, Patricia Arquette's character Olivia, she is the you know almost you know, the single mum who is going to put her kids through school, put her kids through college, be there when stuff goes wrong, but then you've got her who, she's kind of unhappy in her life and she's trying to find this man, whereas um, even Hawk's character is a bit more comfortable in his life and because he is a bit more comfortable, he can actually almost teach his children about life and how there is more to it than the 95 job and being a bit of a creative. And by the end of it, he's no longer a musician, but I think he appreciates the fact he got that chance to try that. And with all these things happening in Mason's life, you know, he's seen his mum have kids, Mm. put herself through work, put herself through college, become a professor, and then at the end of it, she's not happy. And I think that's why Mason, isn't too bothered about handing in his homework or doing those assignments. He's like interested in being a creative, even though he knows that his dad's not actually managed to complete that and he's not like a musician by the end of it, but he still seems to have enjoyed life that wee bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think there's re- yeah. these really interesting you know, perspectives. And if you look at the two abusive dads, with the first one, yes, Mason was a bit younger, but he never spoke up to him. He just kind of gave him lots of dirty looks. But then, Mm as soon as he sees the second military dad start to drink and start to, like, moan at him, he answers back. He's like, no, I'm not having it this time. And maybe that is just a wee bit of life lessons through there.
1: I mean, obviously, like, I'm using the word arseholes as, like, quite strong, but I do feel there are some, like, flaws in Ethan Hawke's character. Like, I do feel, like you know he he's like taken a step back and like found himself and stuff and that's like great but also like they're your kids too like there is a responsibility for you to kind of be there a bit more like what were you doing for that amount of time like do you have a job and he's like oh oh blah 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 like why are you asking me that and things and then at the end when he's like to the mum well you've done a great job here you have done a really good job and she's like thanks and then he goes let me give you some money and it kind of like suggests the implication that he's just never gave any kind of money throughout any of it um, and at the point where she goes yeah okay I'll take some and he goes oh don't actually have any let me go and ask my wife so like I do feel like Although like he has like coming across and he does have like a good arc to him and stuff like there, he could have I feel he could have been there more there is
0: a bit of like the, 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 a lot of it shown throughout yeah I mean, you go no, you I was just
2: going to say what well, but that's the interesting thing about this obviously it's the first time watch but what's interesting is we don't know exactly what happened between him and um, Olivia at all yeah you don't know if she went you stay away, so he went and got a job in Alaska. We don't Mm -hmm. know, but what we do know is that he stopped his job in Alaska and moved to Houston to be closer to his kids. And just as he did that, she left (laughs) with the kids. (laughs) (laughs) You know, So maybe he's like quit his job in Alaska to go spend more time with the kids. And then he's now struggling to find a a hands job. But even, I think it's like the first time we see him, he's not got the job, he takes him to the bowling. Then I think the second time we see him is at the baseball game yeah he's not got a job but he's studying some sort of insurance mm-hmm. yeah. and then the next time we see him so you can see this kind of family man dynamic starting to break through
1: yeah absolutely um, he yeah. is making like changes i think as well like from like a perspective it must be quite like hard for her character to be sort of like well you've you've got all your ducks in a row now when our two children are basically like are away, have fled the nest, and because he's like, I'm going to, st- I get to start all over again. I get to do it for like another 15 years and stuff. We'll like, my brand new family, so it must yeah. be like quite hard, like for her. Like there will be some sort of like resentment there. Um, obviously with the two guys, like at the beginning, initially when the, you see her speaking to the lecturer, you're like, please don't, please don't yeah. go for him. Yeah. And you are rooting for him a wee bit in the beginning. I do feel like because he, it he does seem come across like quite well, like after the honeymoon and stuff, like. It seems to be, like, the family seems to be quite settled and secure, but it's as, like, we start to see the problems with the alcohol and... Like the little um, red flags
0: that keep cropping The
1: wee up. red flags and things that are popping like, up that you're like, mmm... When they're playing golf, yeah.
2: I got bad advice from the start, though. See, when they come back that honeymoon and just do he's it, like, have you done your homework? I told you to do your homework. Yeah, I'll do yeah. it later. And then it was then, I think, after that was going to buy the... I'll call it the car park in case they've got guests over and then the wee kid at the back's like, We never have yeah. guests and then yeah. you seem hiding it behind is it like the bleach or something? Yeah. So I, yeah. I was just like, Oh no. Absolutely. T- talking about our souls as well, and I, I actually think like they're all kind of flawed. I think Olivia's quite flawed as well because she's yeah. almost chasing after that family dynamic. Like yeah. that whole I need a man, we need to be this like, you know, husband, wife a son and daughter type yeah. thing to the point where by the end don't get me wrong I loved her as a character so I think like she's a great character Yeah, but when she goes for the second husband or the third husband, uh, the, the military man, that's one of her students so she's not even learned like that at what the last time, like you know, like so she kind of
1: <laughs> don't shit where you eat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it
2: was so <laughs> oh, weird. Like, okay. what are
1: you doing? But he had, I felt like he came across as like really promising. Like that minute when he comes back and yeah. uh, he goes, yeah. "Do you know what time it is?" You're like, "Oh no, it's history repeating itself." And then he yeah. goes, "Happy birthday!" You're like, "Oh, what a relief!" That was and such then a nice moment. It isn't until sort of later on when like he starts being kind of like man of the house, nail He's... polish things and. Yeah, that you're like, no, we've gone off you. Um and she's yeah. obviously taking care of it. But you're totally right. I feel like she is she is chasing something, isn't she? She is like looking for something to feel like complete, like the family unit needs to be complete. And um in the end she's been so fixated on that. But I think as well, like looking at our lives, I mean the sort social pressure of well, you need to be married and have children by when well, you're thirty, you need to have your own house as well, you need to have this and that because that's what we expect of you. But it's not. Everyone has their own path. It's all different, and if you fixate on that stuff so much, that's when life is just turned into going through the motions rather than actually enjoying it. Well,
2: that's what she talks about at it? yeah. the end, isn't it? Yeah. Milestones, like she's Every she just um, got her funeral to look forward to, really. Yeah. She,
0: see, see, when she said that, I was like, jeez, that is... It hits you quite hard when she says that because, you you know, you see her crying and sitting at the table when, he, when he's kind of packing his stuff up and not wanting to take that picture. And you kind of think, oh, it must be quite emotional. You know, she's already said bye to one kid that's gone off to college and then her baby's kind of going off to college. And then you, you really understand how much turmoil she must be in internally because she's essentially yeah. now lost the last thing she's clinging on to and now it just she's like i don't really know what to live for now i'm just kind of you know the next next milestone is my funeral
2: but that Mm -hmm. that's what's interesting is because she is living for those milestones until there's none left and then she's Mm -hmm. like what have i done and then ethan hawke's character is kind of the opposite where Mm -hmm. he's giving it's really interesting because by the end of it neither of the two main parents can answer mason a certain question and that is what what's the point in life? Because, like yes, even Hawk gives like these wee like moral life lessons, you know about, you know as we said uh, like politicians or s- like sex or like there's no bumpers in life, like it just, yeah, like discussions on yeah. music and why some music's great and that. But they like even what's magic? Well, whales are magic. They're a, like they are a form of magic a weird notion but elves aren't real but that doesn't mean magic doesn't exist so like lots of wee things to make you think yeah but then at the end he's asked like what's the point in life and even hawk's character turns around and says i don't know i don't know and it's interesting because mm-hmm. that's how she's feeling she's feeling she's not lived a life either yeah but it's because she's seeking something it's like well just enjoy it i guess
1: yeah yeah enjoy i guess life. like You've also got, like, things to unpack there as well, of, like, being a single mum and having to be there all the time and now it's like, okay, now you don't need to have those responsibilities anymore, what are you going to do? And it's a bit like, oh, shit, like, what am I going to do now? Like, my purpose is, my purpose was this, and now it's unknown.
2: So see what you just said there, Rebecca, don't you think that is maybe a more interesting film? Like, maybe it should have been parenthood. <laughs> no, and there
1: is, there is a thing called parenthood I know, I know yeah. that. Like maybe,
2: but maybe should it have been told from the point of view of her character, twelve years as a parent? Because you do all that, then at the end of you're like, what was the point? You know, I, so just for an example, not to make it all dreary, right? But my <laughs> my no, but my mum is kind of similar. But my mum and my uncle both cared for my gran right up to the point where she passed, right? And then my mum took quite ill and then my uncle took care of her right up until the point she passed. And then my uncle was like, what do I do with my life now? And it's kind of that same thing that uh, yeah. Olivia's asking herself, you know? So that's that it's is waiting to be written. It's waiting to a be written. Po- get it the pen out and... <laughs> i'm about to go into my second point so and nicola's not had her first so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep my wee mouth shut i'm patient
0: stick. i can wait <laughs> yeah. no my point kind of touches on it as well like cause I, the first thing i was going to say was about uh the performances of each person and like how you know like obviously it is filmed over 12 years and you would think there would maybe be some sort of flaw or like they would maybe forget like the purpose of their character or the kind of nature of their character but it's it seems very constant that you know like the the actors don't ever kind of move away from that they don't forget they don't like you don't kind of come back and a point in the movie and go, oh, that's really different to like the last bit or or anything, and it's like yeah, the chase use... the actor mm-hmm. exactly. But like you, like if you use Olivia as like a, a an example, it is quite sad how over the course of the movie you do see this decline of you know husband number one didn't work, husband number two you thought was going to be you know all singing all dancing with a couple of red flags and turns out to be horrible and abusive. Psychopath. <laughs> psychopath, absolutely. Oh, see that, uh, the scene. I thought that was one of the best acted scenes. The dinner scene. Actually, yes. Oh yes. my God.
1: Actually, I thought you were going to say the garage
0: scene. Um... To be fair, the garage scene was also, it's just like that reveal of her on the floor, and you're like, what the hell's happened? And then you see his feet, and you're like, oh my goodness. It's like the innocence of the kids. Like, us as an audience know he's just whacked her. And the kids are a bit like, my mum's on the floor, what's happening? And that's almost like again a change in them, like that forces maturity, you know. Yeah. Like for example, at the at the, the dinner scene, I can only imagine what I would be like as a wee thing. Like I was probably as feisty as I am now, and you know, talk back or this or that. But the fact he sits in complete silence, and he just kind of gives the, the the what's his name again, um, Bill. Oh, Bill. Yeah. He just kind of throws a couple of wee looks at Bill, and you know, when Bill's saying, "You don't like me very much, do you?" And doesn't say anything. I don't really like me either. And then it's just the glass smashing, and you're—it's just carnage. You know? Yeah. I thought that's probably one of the best acted scenes of of a film I've ever seen, and they're all encompassed in it.
2: It's interesting as well because I think that line's got more to say. Where I don't really like me either, because I feel like a lot of the um, the adults in this film—that is their point of view. They don't like themselves in some form or another. So. Like we've spoke about Olivia and how she's like unhappy and trying to find something, he's probably unhappy with his life as well. So um turn to drink. Same with the the military man who's had to like leave that, yeah. studied psychology, and then hasn't got a job at the end of it. So he's miserable. You know, that yeah. is interesting. Yeah,
0: I think as well. Like kind of t- touching a wee bit on your point as well, Gary. Like about you know why don't you make it a film about the mum I think it's so interesting to see like from a child's point of view the formative kind of years have have come by and then you meet him when he's at that age where he's old enough to kind of think for himself but still young enough to do what he's told and then to see him all the way up to college where you know he's been influenced by three men in his life and a mother who is struggling and still comes out the other end going I want a little bit more from my life. I'm gonna follow my path. I'm gonna do what I love to do. Um, Yeah, I think it's yeah. I I do think like the performances all round were absolutely stunning. They really were.
2: I was kind of disappointed in the actor that plays Mason and more of the adult stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I think he was perfectly cast. It, it might be the character, maybe, but I feel like he was perfectly cast as a child. But you're never going to know what that person's going to become, so there's not much. So it's not a negative. I just, I don't know. He kind of became that kind of moody.
1: Yeah, I get what of, you mean.
2: For like a good the last philosopher. Hours. Yeah, and he but he was like moody, like life's against me, but I'm too cool to let it bother me, and I'm just like. I've well, yeah. seen it before. I started to not enjoy him, I guess, you know, but he kind of was very similar to See the Boy in Greta Gerwig's film, played by Timothy.
1: Oh, uh, Little Women.
2: Lady Bird. Oh, yeah. right. I haven't seen that, plays, actually. Like, Drow, uh, he plays kind of that whole moody, cool guy, he smokes mm-hmm. the cigarette, and, like, the girl's kind of go, oh, he's he's mysterious. It was almost like...
1: Edward Cullen. <laughs> it was
2: almost <laughs> like a shitey oh. version of that, only um, he wasn't cool. He just...
0: Do you not think that's so relatable to, to kids like that, though? Who, no,
2: and I knew people you know. like that and, and yeah. like in my early years, even in work uh, yeah. and in my like high school and things like that.
0: I do think at face value, if you want to watch a film for escapism, this maybe's is not the film for that because you're not really going to be able to escape from anything. No because you're going to find relatability in somebody. Yeah. But I think in terms of giving a really truthful look at life and the change in life, like even, that, that's probably moving toward my second point, so I'll hold it for a second, but like just the whole change from his performance as a kid, although he's kept a lot of like the, the same approach to the character and like the, the, the message in the character and like the kind of through line and stuff, change from kid to adult, in like kind of harmony with the changes in life I think he's done such a good job you know and when you're a kid like that that's kind of gone through a lot of those things I think you maybe do come out one of two ways you come out being kind of a bit more quiet a bit more reserved a bit more like philosophical as he is or you Come out really quite bubbly and just
1: overcompensating <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel seen I feel seen, <laughs> <laughs> I feel
0: seen. do you know what I mean like yeah it's kind of I feel yeah. like yeah they did a good job I think
1: as well like w- I, I always find it fascinating with kid actors because you always kind of go like what's the conversation the directors having with them to you know to make believe it's just a scene we're just pretending blah 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 um. to then obviously when you're older and you're like I can actually I know exactly like what my character has been through and um, I've now like formed a bit of an opinion on it or I've had some reflection and I guess probably as like the actor you're probably like having to Battle it out in your head of how how would I be in this instance after going through it for so many years as an actor and a character. It's quite a it's rare treat for
0: it, the winner. Yes, having tricky. that opportunity to actually go—I have twelve years as an actor to create this character and go right through them, right to the end of this yeah. journey. It's such a rare opportunity.
2: What mm-hmm. What is interesting is the actor that played Mason and it was homeschooled. So he hadn't actually lived this life. Oh and really? they had to have two other children as consultants. So like to help in like, you know, in relation to what music he would listen to or because someone's home school might not have the same culture or like pop culture as the rest of us. Yeah. So is it also then it makes it an interest in casting? Yeah. Because why what what was you know what was in that actor or that person mm-hmm. to be casted then. Because yeah. it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, they've had a bit of, you know, this life. Let's... Yeah. The minute.
0: I will say, like, just as a kind of little side point, like, in his childhood, because I thought I was like, they haven't really cast to look like a family. Because mm-hmm. the sister and brother don't look alike. And I don't think the sister and the mum or the dad look alike. But as he gets older, the, the Mason looks so like his dad he looks so like Ethan yeah. Hawk. i couldn't believe it like see when you see him in like the kind of last scenes of the film you're like luminec it's it is like a kind of doppelganger like they could they could be related um mm. i thought that was quite that was quite interesting how they probably did not know how that was going to work out and it it did work out in their favor I yeah like I, I did
1: see like a wee bit of like um like olivia like through um samantha and like him like little bits just like the way they looked and stuff but i guess it's a gamble isn't it of like we'd have no idea how these kids are gonna you're, you're looking at their parents aren't you and going do we look kind of alike
0: <laughs> well that is um how have i forgotten his name that's shocking that i forgot the director's name oh my goodness richard um, richard. richard oh because it's his daughter that plays samantha yeah so i thought that was quite interesting as well and uh, it must be quite strange working with your dad on a film about growing up with yeah. a completely different set of parents in the mm. film.
1: Because the film has like a documentary kind of style like feel to it and I reckon that probably like I've not like read up on this. I was trying to read up on it um earlier today, but it feels like a lot of the lines are very like organic like they are very much if you imp- improvise some of it. Gary will know the answer
2: to
0: this. obviously <laughs> know, kind of part of my second
2: point, so if you just want to, i kind of just go into my second point, and it is yeah. just to talk about the making of it and how hard it must have been, because it is a coming-of-age story, clearly, because he comes of age, um, but it's a, an, an experimental coming-of-age story, and like you said, Rebecca, it feels more like a documentary. I also think that's because there's no real through-storyline. Obviously, other things that might have been hard was, by law, you can't contract someone to a so, film um, for over seven years. So they, the director really had to put his trust in these actors and, like, hopefully they would return and not, every time they return, not ask for more money because, obviously, you're kind of banging yourself into a corner yeah. and you'd have to mm. give them it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it helps, though, if you cast your own daughter in the film as well. But... <laughs> even at one point she wanted out because she was bored of doing it and actually asked if her character could be killed off and she wanted the character to be killed off from swine flu. <laughs> um, so that shows you roughly if you work out when swine flu is, yeah. you can see how far along filming um, there would have been when she wanted out. Patricia, who plays the the mum, she had to give up other roles as well because they interfered with when they were filming. So you are asking a lot and then even the Distributors or the production companies. How do you even ask them to fund a twelve-year film? You might be funding something you're never going to get a return on, but you also have to wait twelve years to find that out as well.
0: Yeah. And Imagine if it didn't work, or like you know you lose footage from a year and or or whatever. Like I know, it's a lot of trust.
2: There wasn't actually any script like real script for this before they started as well so like a lot of it probably was improvised or they're going to be put in situations where this is where you know the dialogue's going to go in this um but it basically the idea came from uh Richard like later watching his children grow up and he's like this would be like an interesting experiment and he knew he was going to have the abusive husband in there somewhere as well um but he kind of was just Look back at his own childhood and was inspired by that. A fun fact as well was this is what happens to guests because you don't know what's going to happen in life. Like you could walk out and get hit with a bus, or you could get an illness. So um, even Hawk agreed to direct the rest of the, the rest of the film if something happened to the director.
0: Oh wow! Honestly, well. it's, like, so, it's nice it's, when you have that kind of level of dedication from your your cast and your crew, but also like willing to take over the project. Isn't it?
2: Each gear was supposed to only last ten minutes in the film, so originally it was supposed to be only a two-hour film. But there were certain years where they just realised that like, no, we need a wee bit more here. We need a wee bit more development. Yeah. I also like the idea. There's no title cards, like to tell you what we well. As well. So yeah. like, you work that out. You work out where you are in the story through either the music it's playing or the life events, like with the hair, and the <laughs> hairstyles, yeah, or even just the transitions of the character's like the pu- aging, culture
0: aspects as well. Mm-hmm. Like, that's moving into my second point, actually. Go for it. Steal the thunder. But, like, I thought I thought that was genius, how they just don't spoon-feed the audience at all. You can sit and you can go, I recognise that from my childhood, or, like, I know that song, or, you know, like, when he's playing on a Game Boy, you know exactly the point in time that they're at when they're talking about 9-11 as well. And even, even the opening of the film, you know, you, the first thing you hear is Yellow by Coldplay. Yep. And you know what point in time you're at. Um, things like uh, when they're playing like the Wii Sports as well, you know. <laughs> you know that yeah. it, it's, it's just moving on and it's like these subtle hints that, again, I think make the film so clever and so relatable mm-hmm. because you don't need to spoon feed any of this to your audience. You can just let them sit and enjoy it and go... I recognise that from that year or, like, this point in my life. And they don't even need to pinpoint, you know, we're in 2005, we're in 2007. They can just kind of enjoy the moment a little bit more.
2: Yeah, mm. Like, mm. the big one for me was Harry Potter. Like, when yeah. Harry Potter, like, yeah, that bit, was, bit, I was
1: like, bit, what? what on earth? Where, where did this come from? Of course Harry Potter needs to make it into everything. Definitely. Everything!
2: <laughs> it was a big culture thing at that point. Like, I know. As children that's that was their life for like a good few years, you know, so it would yeah. have to kind of. But Plus I think like, that's how he, I think that's why there wasn't any script, I think, what the director, the writer director must have done is, right. Like, okay, we're going to film every summer. Summer's coming up. What What's happened in the lives recently that we can use for a bit of this is where we are in the timeline, but also what could happen around that that will move this story forward as well.
1: Yeah, like the stuff with the Obama and as well, that was a brilliant
0: and scene when they're pulling the signs I love that. It's I so also
1: love the scene with them, He's like, "Why are you watching that?" And he's like, "Because it's funny. It's that bit came it, it came out you yeah. just go, Why you still laughing at that?" And it's the Will Ferrell thing, yeah. And you're like, "Oh my
0: god, I remember that. Remember that." And it, yeah, it, there's so many. Even even the bit where like it's just been such a horrible traumatic moment where they finally leave uh, Bill and and they're safe again. And the wee ones sitting at the table singing, we're all in this together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was oh, like... It's just... It, it completely... It doesn't completely shift the tone because you can see Olivia just looking distraught, but it's like, that's just... You know, that's going to yeah, be stuff in my goes head on.
1: now. Yeah. Yeah. I but. was watching it as well going... Huh oh, my God, this is all music that I listen to. So, like, there was so much Arcade Fire, and I was like, ah, I love Arcade Fire. And when it ended with that, I just felt like I was transported, like, back at high school myself. Of, I remember when this all came out. Um, and then, obviously, the year that it was released was... It's like 2014 or something like that yeah, so i was like yep i remember like this and like music videos as well that came out with these tracks oh. as well i could then like, visualize and it was lady gaga's music video
0: when they're in the car yeah and then um,
1: telephone wasn't it
0: and the, the stepmom was like "Did your mother let you watch this and yeah it's quite funny
1: and that do, that does not feel that long ago does no. it <laughs>
0: But you reflect on that, because at the time, everybody was like, whoa, Lady Gaga's nuts, she's mental, like she does all this really kind of off kind of kilter type of stuff. And now it's quite normal, you know, Mm -hmm. it it is. It it was really interesting how they managed to kind of just incorporate all that and move the time along with
2: it. Because that's one thing, like I know I said I was bored watching it, but it did feel natural to watch the actors grow older rather than, like, recast them for certain ages, you know, and then we because if they recasted, we are like, okay, we're further in time. But just mm-hmm. to kind of subtly watch them grow older and then have to use, like, pop culture and stuff like that, as was said, that's actually... Watching the characters and actors grow old is what kept me interested. Yeah, it's than, clever. Rather than what was mm-hmm. going on on screen, you know. I wanted to, like, try and go, okay, I wonder how this character's going to be now. They've got a little bit more life experience, etc.
0: Mm-hmm. makes you invest in them and in their journey
2: yeah
1: my final point was just some of the I just
2: loved some of the shots
1: like some of the camera work like especially the sunrise um scene it's kind of towards the end it's with Mason and Sheena were like they're having a yeah. moment of that yeah. that was beautiful and then like shots when they're like in the when they go camping and at the end, is it Big Ben, the thing's called? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because yes, I yeah. was confused by that. It's like, oh, we're off yeah, to um, London. I know. So <laughs> of I know. Yeah, just shots
1: of that and like them on their bikes and skateboards and things. I just, I just loved some of those beautiful kind of moments that were kind of captured where there wasn't really much going on. It was just sort of capturing life, which I guess mm. this film is. <laughs>
0: I like that as well. Like, because that, that's, kind of my last point also but see the look of the film because mm-hmm. they shot it on 35 millimeter um so I, I was reading off on it and I was kind of curious like how they made it look the same throughout you know like it, yeah. never, it didn't really nothing looked out of place it didn't look kind of like home movie-ish type of thing at the beginning or really old it all kind of stayed the same and they said they wanted to shoot it on 35 millimeter because like um digital technology would continue to advance um as the years went by and it would look different and it would change, but if they managed to shoot it on film, um, then it could be kept a lot more consistent. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that keeps you in it so much as well because, you know, like, I mean, people like us can watch it from a kind of critical view and go, well, the beginning of it looked completely different to the end kind of thing. But it yeah. didn't, at no point where you kind of sucked out of that part of it, like it, it, it flowed beautifully. It's a bit like right. when you
1: watch, like, old home videos or, like, look at old photographs where you're like, oh, that's the cameras, like, modernising yeah. and stuff. I think it's, like, worked so much better with it all just kind of looking the same. Like, um, I think in the earlier scenes, obviously, she's got a longer... Olivia's got a longer hair with, like, the bunk beds and it feels really warm and things as well. Um, so it's got, like, a different atmosphere, a different feel to it, but it's still, like all the footage looks like connected.
0: I think as well, like the look, the look of the people in it also. Mm-hmm. They they just look like everyday people. They don't look, you know, like these kind of Hollywood actors, if you will, like that kind of stereotypical look. Like they really do just look like real people and to maintain that over 12 years because apparently, I don't know if they put it in her contract as like a a, a thing basically for her not to do, but they, the director had said to, uh, Patricia Arquette not to have or had asked not to have any like plastic surgery I read
1: that as well yeah because
0: he didn't want her to to really substantially change over the years he-, he wanted to kind of watch her kind of grow a bit older naturally mm-hmm. and 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 see that Oh, yeah. it does it does and I mean and- like you look at Ethan Hawke at the beginning a like a skinny little you know like <laughs> bright-faced young guy and by the end he's a- like he's a little bit salt and pepper in his hair and he's like he has kind of, for want of a better word, moved into dad mode, you know?
2: With his yeah. minivan. I, I, love
0: the minivan. That. I love that symbolism, though, like the kind of cool car at the beginning and then moves into the minivan where he's like, actually matured and kind of got his stuff together.
2: Well, that's mm. the other thing I think quite interesting as well was a scene with Mason and his dad and he says that he sold the car Mm-hmm. and mason is raging and I, that's one part that like that's not that that seems never happened to me before but were you ever like as a kid you remember a parent saying something does it even need to be anything like heartwarming or that but you remember a conversation yeah and then you say no you said that to me when i was 10 and your parent would go no i didn't and you're like yeah, yeah you seem to remember yeah. more than what the parents do and like a throwaway line could mean so much to a child at that point and then when mm-hmm. they bring up an adult, basically, like, nah, never happened, never, because I guess there's so much going on in an adult's life that they'll just, that could have been, yeah, yeah, you'll get the car when you're older, you know, and then never thought about it again.
1: Or the naivety that, ah, they'll forget.
2: Mm-hmm. Kids
1: remember everything.
0: They do. That was Sponges. That <laughs> like, it really was. Just, even like the look in his face when he sees the car at first and you're like, ugh. Oh, yeah.
2: That's what's interesting about the film as well is, like, two scenes later, like he's forgot about the car because he's like a year older and like I'm over it. For, that could have that could have annoyed him for a week, a month. But
0: some Shakespeare play where like you betrayed me, you promised me the convertible. <laughs> he goes on a mission for revenge for not getting the yep. car.
1: That's your movie. There yep. we
2: go. <laughs> will I go on to my last point or yeah yeah go for it? So I just try to like work out what this film is trying to say, as we said, there's there's not much of a story. It snippets into a family, into a life. Um so I was looking at it and I was trying to work out, are these moments in life changing the boy? Are they changing Mason as a character? And to be honest, my answer is no. I think he is who he is, no matter how much life throws at him. Because one of the opening scenes, well actually the opening scene uh it starts off with mason and he's got his heads and he's got his head in the clouds and he's we find out that he's not handing in his homework and time and he's he's quite creative i think we see him spray painting a tunnel yeah is that right yeah. yeah and then if we switch to the last years of mason in school as well and his school life he's studying photography so yes he's not graffitiing anymore but he's still quite creative but he's also still failing at his assignments and he's not handing in his working time. So basically, um after living with like an abusive stepfather or constantly moving houses schools, not holding down relationships, he's still the same person at the end, he's still that same character. And if we look at his sister as well, like from the get-go we found out she's good at sports, you know. Uh, she gets good grades. There's that scene with her and the gran and the gran's looking over the grades that she's got. But then Mason's just sitting there playing his like handheld console, you know, ain't not the really sweeties. interested. <laughs> <ain't> <laughs> the that was There's
0: quite a we scene.
2: Also, the scene before that where um, Mason's showing his dad's like his spearheads and like bits of skeleton from reptiles. But then <laughs> she comes in and she's like, "Look, I'm doing really well in the basketball team," you know, kind of almost taking over. So, yeah, she's good at sports and grades. Uh, she's good at keeping a relationship. She's better, than, she's better than Mason at most things, like, in life. However, what I think's interesting is whether they're one's better than the other. The two characters don't change. And I think it's interesting that the film ends at the end of Mason's boyhood, at the end of childhood, because in the film, it's all the adults that change. You know, we've spoke quite a lot about how... Um, Mason's dad changes throughout the film. Um, he changes his career life, he changes his relationship status, like he changes his car, he changes his looks. Um so it's the men in Mason's life that change whether like they become drunks or um, they can't um, they can't hold down a job or they whatever. And even with the mum, you know, she has to adapt to living alone. Um, and not, like, realising she doesn't need men in her life. Um, But if you look at one character that I think is very significant to it, it is the plumber that's trying to fix the pipes. Yeah. Yeah. At their house, right? And then we run into him again. That's the only part that doesn't feel real. If you ask me, like, the rest of it, if we're going to go with these real-life scenarios, that's one part I'm like, "Mm, this is a bit far-fetched, but I like it. Because... Yeah, so she says, you know, go to night school, like, learn English, do what you want to do, and then we meet him again, he's working in the restaurant, but he's um, got a good job, he's, he can speak uh, fluent English, but he changed an adult life. He was already an adult, and then by the end of it, so all the characters kind of change and two to main kids. And I think maybe that's what the film is saying, is that as adults we change, that might be for good or for bad, But it's only after our childhood is over do we start to rethink and change our appearances, our beliefs, like our morals, our ways of life. You know, we can, as a kid, we can maybe be put through a shit ton of stuff, a shit ton of troubles, or like a really good life, but with the same type of wee boy or wee girl or whoever until we hit adult life. And then everything we went through as a kid, we start making it shape as, as an adult.
0: That's quite an interesting concept, actually.
2: It could be a lot of rubbish. (laughs)
0: No, but it is, because, I mean, you are quite right. Like, they don't really deviate. Like, Mason, his kind of nature stays similar, if not exactly the same throughout. He doesn't all of a sudden become this really, you know, like super happy-go-lucky, excitable, kind of creative, like wildly creative person. He stays pretty mellow and humble and down to earth, and everybody else around him and every other situation around him is significantly changing.
2: Yeah. Like, if we look at um, Bill, the abusive stepdad, he's like, have you done your chores? And Mace is kind of like, not yet, almost, Mm. I'll get them done. Kind of very... "Mm -hmm." Mm. And then even with the assignments in high school...
1: Yeah, the homework. Yeah, Yeah. have you
2: done that yet? (laughs) Not yet, I'm sure... Do it tomorrow. So his whole outlook on, like, getting questioned about things, it's kind of that, Yeah, kind of relaxed, don't care, you know? (laughs) Even with Sheena, like they're going through a breakup and he's like, you he can tell that he is bothered but he's like still playing it. Alright, okay, well I've slept with the other mm. women too. Who? What does that matter? You know, it's the whole same kind of way that he is through mm. through their life but what he's learned through that I think that's why it ends with him maybe possibly about to start a new relationship and maybe settle down or, or mm. but you could also look at that as like he's just met this girl there's, they're kind of High on mushrooms, a loving life, very young. Is he just going to fall into his parents' traps again? Rebecca, you said earlier about how, um, like, the, we don't quite know, like, you said it basically the dad might have been an arsehole, but we don't quite know. Are they, and how you were saying earlier that there's this whole construct of how we must, like, you know, get married, have kids, get a job, yeah. settle down. Yeah. And Mason's kind of not about that mm-hmm. uh, through the film. Is he about to, you know, just go back to that construct that his parents did and it might not work, and that mm. it's an interest point to end it on? Is he just going to cycle the same route that his his family before him have done?
1: It's hard because I think like even for anyone, whether consciously or subconsciously, going, I'm going to get married and do all this stuff, and when we do it, we're kind of like, did that? Yeah what was no way
0: <laughs> like, i did it because no one made me do it i did it because i wanted to
2: <laughs> Ever since we're we, society. Though,
0: like it's it's not like not drilled into you but like you know you see it in disney movies from a young age like the princess gets the prince and they get married and they're happily ever after and then what you know like mm-hmm. what's entailed in happily ever after and i think like this film kind of just explains as well like all the the real truth about that and yeah, it is it's it's almost kind of like is he gonna fall into that, or is he gonna change it up, whilst kind of still being the same type of person that he is?
1: Mm. You need a boyhood too, like show his, him well, like Agents no, through in his forties. No, apparently, <laughs>
0: apparently, they're making because this uh, this is another little fun fact that could be true or untrue. It was made as like a kind of it was obviously gonna always be made as a feature film, but they made it with the idea of like twelve short films. So yeah. we're essentially making twelve short films every year. Twelve short films every year, a short film every year for twelve years, and now they want to do like a kind of little sequel to it, but not a feature, just a short. I'm like that could be interesting, but interesting. also maybe, maybe, maybe. I would rather. I
2: I wouldn't mind them doing it again, but not with the same family. I would like. Hmm. I would like something else, you know. And girlhood
1: yeah, yeah. No, no, like I, think traumatic womanhood.
2: I think yeah i think yeah i think it needs to be from a different point of view like it all, it wasn't supposed to be called boyhood and it was actually supposed to be called 12 years i read yeah. that as well and, they changed
0: it though because of when it came out yeah it was 12 years of slave was it and, 12 years of slave came out the year before or something something so. like
2: that but i think the th- because of the title, we focus on Mason more than what we're maybe meant to. Because there's so much going on with Olivia, yeah. the sister, and even the dad. You know. Mm. Um. So I would want—I don't know—from a different kind of point of view, someone else, some, some, someone else, somewhere else, at a different yeah. age. The to-
1: the man that the man that works in the restaurant, like the the oh, yeah. one where Mason's eaten what was it, food at ah, and he's like, I see you. If, you, if photography doesn't work, you can always you've always got a job here with me, yeah. I want to yeah, see his what, what's, what's his story
0: I, <laughs> he, I thought he was going to be a bit of an arsehole at first, like kind of following like the, yeah. the male figures in Mason's life being an arsehole, but like see at that graduation party and he shows up for him and you know like supports him, I'm like oh you're a good egg he you know,
2: reminded gonna... me of Boyle from um
0: yeah eight. exactly the same I took a double take and like is that yeah. is that him <laughs> see yeah. see when he comes in he's like why are you doing dishes we've got two six tops and the tables are right I'm like you are literally every manager ever mm. you are yeah. relatable to anybody that's worked <laughs> in hospitality yeah, so, yeah. But it is a good guy ultimately is that is that all our points anybody anybody got anything else to say about it before we do
2: um, I would change. have, maybe it's just because I like the actor, but I would have liked to have seen a wee bit more of David. David? Where did David come from? A <laughs> uh, little <laughs> bit more of Ethan Hawke's character as the dad. Every time he came on screen, like, there's a wee warm moment. I don't know why. I just like to see mm-hmm. him bond with, like, his son and daughter. Like, it could be at a baseball game or it could have been at the bowling. Or just when, Even when he goes back to the house and the house is, like, a pure riot. We just, like... Pizza boxing and everything, but it still felt homely. Like the the children felt safe there and things like that. And it I don't know, I just thought he was an interesting character because as we've spoke about, like you're a bit hesitant and then mm. you, you kinda grew to love him. You he know. kinda
0: proves you wrong. Don't judge a book by a cover. Yeah.
2: So that's my yeah. only note is um yeah, a wee bit more of him, but the film's also too long, so um, maybe not but, um... oh gosh <laughs> so
1: yeah you'll always say that it's just too mm-hmm. long um, I, w- I think I would have like I mean like Mason does I do find him a wee bit like oh, a bit repetitive towards the end Um, but then again I'm trying to like sympathise from like maybe an actor's perspective of I don't want to <laughs> do this anymore been doing
0: this for 12 <laughs> years 12
1: years too long and like somehow that kind of attitude and tone maybe lending itself to the character anyway so yeah uh, yeah, I don't really like I'm not going to sleep over it. I would maybe have liked a wee bit more like from Samantha as well I feel like she disappears which is fine because she's obviously got her own path she's going to college or whatever and then she just kind of comes back and I don't know I, I feel like just maybe I just and a wee bit like around maybe the graduation or like at the restaurant or something to sort of maybe indicate a wee bit more that's going on in her life. Mm-hmm. Um and also the bit where you said that you found it um a bit far fetched with the waiter, I didn't mind it as much because I did have a horrible feeling but I would have loved weirdly still liked to, but I had a horrible feeling that they were gonna bump into like bill and his yeah. kids and i was like please don't please don't make that happen because that would that, that's not gonna happen that would never have happened and i don't want that to happen but <laughs> well,
2: to, to, uh, yes i know i don't think it would happen but also like we start to get to a point where we're in this digital world yeah it, like, Twitter, Instagram when we on Instagram, but Facebook, MySpace, something people, Bebo.
1: Bebo. people, right? Bebo. But oh my something goodness.
2: would have been around there where you could have yeah. done a search, yeah, you know. And yeah. all, but the other same thing. See when he came out of the dark room and his wee friend had sat mm. beside him. and He like, "Oh, you were in there a long while. Did they buy you dinner first and things?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was Bill's son at first.
0: So did I. So did I. See when I first saw that, I was like, "Oh, they they reunited," mm-hmm. but. Yeah,
1: there's probably a bit of, like, teasing and trickery going on, like, from the filmmakers, like, let's, like, pretend to the audience or drop Unless it ins. was,
2: unless it was, because we need to look up, like, the, I don't know how we would even do that, but because if that, because it's only snippets, we're not going to see that they're not going to turn and go, I'm so glad you're back in my life again. We're not going to get that dialogue. So he, <laughs> wasn't I don't think he, he said the guy's it.
0: name either. I don't, I don't yeah. think he said uh, his friend's name. Well, it's, it's the
1: same guy that he graduates with, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: actually, yeah.
1: And the yeah. grandmother says, I don't know you, but congratulations. So I feel like she would know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now go. We got there. Go, sorry, the snip
0: that dream Like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't even do that. That the bud. Okay. <laughs> Has anybody decided to change the rating or are we pretty set in our ways? I think I'm going to stick
1: with mine.
2: I'm going to stick as well, but here's a question on top of that. Would you watch oh. it again? No, would you watch it again?
1: Yeah, I nearly put it on again after I watched it.
2: I don't know if that's sarcasm.
0: No, I'm being serious. All
2: right, okay, cool. I would in definitely
0: sea. watch it again. Not, Not quite as soon as I have watched it, but I would definitely watch it again.
2: I don't know if I'd watch it again, but I would recommend it to be watched just for the experience that it is. So I would
1: definitely recommend it. I think there was like part of it though that I just really loved the music in it is like I said, like it felt there was a lot of nostalgia and the music and stuff for me. And then again, like I said at the beginning, like you know, coming from a broken home, oh my God. Um, But I was just like, yeah, I, I can get this and understand what's happening and stuff, you know, so um, yeah, I think that's why I kind of feel like I want to put it back on like, I want to watch it again and experience all of that again and the music and stuff, I don't know
0: So I think now we will take a little break and when we come back we will do the quiz for you Rebecca, Oh man! You, you can remember oh. and we will also get our creative recommendations
2: Talk to me. Samantha, how was your week? Uh, I don't know, Dad, it was kind of tough. Billy and Ellen broke up, and Ellen's kind of mad at me because she saw me talking to Billy in the cafeteria. And you remember that sculpture I was working on? Well, it was a unicorn, and the horn broke off, so now it's a zebra, okay? But I still think I'm gonna get an A, right? Mason, uh, how was your week? Well, Dad, you know it's kind of tough? Joe, he's kind of a jerk. Actually, he stole some cigarettes from his mom, he wanted me to smoke them. But I said no, because I knew what a hard time you had quitting smoking, Dad. How about that? Is that so hard? Dad, these questions are kind of hard to answer. What is so hard to answer about what sculpture are you making?
0: It's abstract.
2: Okay, okay, that's good. See, that's, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were even interested in abstract art. I'm not.
0: They
1: make us do it. But, Dad, I mean, why is it all on us, though? You know, what about you? How was your
2: week? You know, who do you hang out with? Do you have a girlfriend? What have you been up to? I see your point. So we should just let it happen more naturally, right? Okay? That's what you're saying. Okay, that's what we'll do. Starting now.
0: So we are back for our quick fire quiz round. Um, so me and Gary will ask Rebecca five questions each based on the film. Oh my just god. remember no no don't start oh my god it's, it's for no, fun no
1: because I thought I didn't need to do this again <laughs> well that's
0: tough the shoes on the other foot now my friend
1: that's what happens like after Brave I went well thank goodness I don't need to sit one of these quizzes again and Oh that was well. swallowing my words now right you ready
0: as ready as I'll ever be let's okay. go for it let's do it how many years did it take to make the film 12
2: what book does Olivia read to Mason at the start of the film?
0: Oh, come
1: on. I don't know.
2: Okay, it's Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter.
0: Of course, of course. What gift does Mason get from his dad for his 15th birthday? Ah,
1: 15. That's when they're away at the camp and eh uh, Oh, it's an album. Is it the Beatles? and he makes the album himself he puts it together like a mixtape like a mixed CD yep Beatles
0: Black is that right? yep that's it <sighs> nice. god that was intense nice. right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um what song does Samantha sing to Mason to annoy him at the start of it's the film? it's Britney
1: Spears it's um... is it him maybe one more time or oops I did it
0: again oops I did it again yes yeah who plays Mason's mum? Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia. <laughs> Patricia. Um,
1: Patricia Arquette. Is that, that really right? Is well
2: yeah. Um, What was it? What book does Mason get for his 15th birthday?
1: It's <laughs> Harry Potter done by then. Er... <laughs> 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 uh,
2: some may say it's a real book, some may say it's a fictional book. The Bible? Yes.
1: <laughs> is <laughs> it? Yes. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, oh, this is a daisy, this one. What animal does Mason mention in the opening of the film? An owl? Nope. No. What is that? Wasps. Oh. He's talking to his mum about wasps.
2: What does Olivia teach? Psychology. Yes.
0: My last question. How many awards did Boyhood win at the Oscars? You've got an option oh. of one, three, or six. Oh, okay. Um, Extra points if you get what it won for.
1: Let's go... Where? Uh,
0: six. Oh. It got, it got one... <laughs> And Patricia, oh, no. Patricia Arquette won for Best Supporting uh, Actress. Okay.
2: And my last question is: mm-hmm. What is Mason's dad's name?
1: I checked. I looked at this today, and it, it it just says Dad.
2: It does, but he actually has got a name in it.
0: No, but that's what IMDb and
2: that's
0: what it says. There is actually um, a little sneaky hint to it in the book. There pen. is. Is there?
2: Except for the fact characters do call him it, but there is (laughs) actually (laughs) another.
1: Oh, do people call him it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know then.
2: So you don't know Mason Junior's dad's name.
1: No, it's Mason. It's Mason. Oh, it's Mason. You did well. You did well. What a
0: kid! What
2: you got four from me
0: out of five. <laughs> I got four out of ten. <laughs> I was like, beg your pardon. And I think for me, you got you got what did you get? You got one, two,
1: three. yeah, that's that's better than the brave score. I'm are above five. As well.
0: Yes, well done. Gosh. Well done. Thank you. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, it was. It was good. It was good. Um... So now I think a nice way to round off would be to give our creative recommendations for the
2: episode. So
0: Gary, would you like to start?
2: Sure. So I'm going to recommend a short film called Trifo, um, which won a few awards at the HB Film Festival last year and is now online for everyone to see. So it is a drama centering on a grieving pharmacist and a trifle loving method oh, location.
1: Oh, remember watching that? Yeah, so, wonderful film, a real
0: wonderful. Um, film.
2: and that's just a nice segue to say that um, the HB film festival is up the seventh <laughs> to the 9th of October this year. So if you want to come along, be to there that as well. I'll put a link to the show notes. Yeah, I know, no, I'll, I'll be put there. A link to the film and the film festival in the show notes. <laughs> hey,
0: <laughs> yeah, got to go with that. Well, yeah, come on the first night, that'll be a, a real great night.
2: Uh, oh is there something to be plugged there?
0: Oh gee, I wonder. No. <laughs> no, no, we'll leave it, we'll leave it up into for okay. speculation. Okay. Um, Rebecca, what's your recommendation?
1: Um I'm gonna recommend something for the first time forever. Um it's a book.
0: <gasps>
1: um I normally read plays, so books are quite like oh, it's a change. Um and I'm halfway through it. It's called Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderson. I think that's how you pronounce her surname. Um, But, yeah, it's really... I thought it just kind of complemented this film, if I'm honest. It's a book... It's a bit like coming of age, like kind of going through her life as a teenager, like a young girl, teenager and to like adulthood and things like that as well. Um, I'm using a bit of it for, um, I have to do a reading for one of my best friend's wedding. Um, So I'm doing a reading from it for that uh, because we went through school together and things. So I just thought, yeah, that's... The book is all about that and friendships and things. But really funny, really natural, really easy reading book for anyone that struggles to read. Fun fact, actually, if my mum didn't sell the books or get rid of them, my bookmark is still halfway through Philosopher's Stone.
0: Oh my goodness. Because I
1: just couldn't get into it.
0: I don't think I ever read it. Nope. Nope. My film recommendation is actually another one from that competed in the HB Film Festival last year, uh, Transmission, which is a wonderful short film uh, by Carlton Rogers and is about um, two brothers and one of them essentially gets uh, abducted by aliens and it is his, his older brother trying to kind of communicate with them in order to get him back. It's wonderful, like... Such a, a a beautiful film, shot wise, like looks stunning. The acting's sublime, yeah. And it is now available online. It's on YouTube, um, so you can definitely check it out there. It's a real masterpiece. It really yeah. is.
2: That one, I think it. I think it won <clears throat> best, uh, sci-fi, and maybe best music.
0: I think it did. Yeah. 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 no definitely worth a watch it's it's quite uplifting and it's set i believe it's set in ireland as well isn't it
2: yeah yeah Yeah,
0: i think that that brings us to our end now thank you so much rebecca for joining oh
1: and... man <laughs> <laughs> getting cry. all emotional oh. <laughs> do
0: not cry it's not goodbye it's <clears throat> see you later <laughs> yeah brb you know?
1: if we want to stick with it <laughs> the times of the film but um, yeah, very sad to be the last episode, but like I said, it's in safe hands and um, I'll keep, I can now listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but and yeah. H-
2: how are you feeling, Nicola, at the same time?
0: I'm excited. Your first one. I'm excited. I hopefully didn't bumble my way through that too much. Um, Not at all. But no it's been like even when I came on and, and did my episode it was a pleasure doing it with the both of you it was such good fun um and no I'm 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 really glad that you kind of picked me to take it over Gani and Rebecca that you've kind of you know been like really supportive of it all as well because I think it's it's a really lovely podcast and it's it's interesting yeah. it's fun it doesn't take itself too seriously um not at all yeah kind of the <laughs> 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 yay yay finally <laughs> But well, one more time, uh, as all the listeners will probably know, but where can we find you on your social media?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, no one can follow me now. That's it. It's over. No. Um, <laughs> she's
0: gone private. She's gone dark. <laughs> she's gone private. On dark.
1: Dark web. Um, dark web. Yes. Well, you, can. <laughs> oh, oh, you can follow me on Instagram at Riddle rebecca and on Twitter at RiddleR.
0: Gary, where can everybody find you?
2: Oh, this is a weird way of doing it now. Uh, You can follow me (laughs) on Instagram and Twitter at HewittGPro. You
1: didn't even say still. What's going on? I
2: don't know. I'm all flustered. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I've
0: changed changed it up. I've ruined it. (laughs) Now you can. I actually know my socials this time. I didn't know them on my bloody episode. But um, (laughs) yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at just underscore another. Underscore shorty21, and you can follow me on Twitter at nick underscore Doherty. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah. So, yeah, um, if you're, I'll just put this in just now. If you're loving what you're hearing, uh, please subscribe and share what we're doing. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please uh, remember to rate and review the podcast. Um, and you can also leave your comments on our Facebook group, choose film podcast. Because moving forward, we would love to hear from the listeners and engage a little bit more with you guys and hear your comments on the films that we have coming up. So that would be really interesting to hear. Yeah, so
2: what we're hoping to hopefully do is announce the films and when we're recording and then people can get their comments in and we can actually read them out as part of the episode as well so it feels like these are a bit more engaged. Involved. Yeah,
0: Definitely. We want to hear all of the thoughts. And yeah... um, Our next film that we're going to be looking at will be Beauty and the Beast. Which one? The animated one. one. No, they're both good. They're both good. I can't say that in case people hate me. (laughs) In case they're listening. (laughs) Yeah. No, sorry,
1: Sorry, Disney. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) The OG. The OG. The one with the good French accent. Bonjour. (laughs) Watching that. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye, bye, Bye. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Goodbye.